Welcome to episode 10 of the SantaCast for this season. Myself, Glyn Price, and joined as usual by Ollie. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, Glyn. How are good, you? Good, yeah. And we've got a guest this week, because we've only got one game this week, haven't we? So it was a good chance to get someone in. Um, and we've got Aid Plummer back on, who, who joined us early on last season. We were just talking about, Aid that uh, you joined us towards the end of the, the ASCII regime last year, which seems like a long time ago now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. seems like <laughs> ages ago. Uh, yeah, evening, everybody. How are you? Yeah, thank you. thanks for joining us, Aid. I mean, yeah, it's certainly a lot's changed since Aid was back on. And um, we, we've got, uh, I say, Wimbledon to cover this week, haven't we, Ollie, in terms of of, uh, the only game we had this week and obviously we've had a, a 10 game build up to it so there was a lot of preparation for this game for Shrewsbury Town but um, yeah it's, it, it's, been, it's been an interesting game to cover on I suppose yeah it's an interesting game probably not obviously what anyone kind of wanted or kind of kind of expected going into the mm. game um, as I kind of went with even even before the transfer window had predicted last time we did the podcast obviously it was a few weeks ago um, so yeah interesting day obviously a trip down to London for us all <laughs> and yeah not quite the result but we could have got it in the end but yeah it wasn't to be we'll unpack all of that in a minute won't we and um, it's interesting we normally kind of record our podcast and uh, as we're sort of doing the editing and stuff we try and think of a, a witty name for it but you've gone out to the public this week Ollie haven't you to ask for the name for the podcast so what options did you give the guys who were listening yeah we did a referendum on the title don't, um, don't, don't mention we went... that word Ollie <laughs> <laughs> and we went for um, so there's two um um, two different options, um, and the, the the winning one um, was Joker in the pack. Um, so that's the that's the title of the podcast today, referring to Jason Cummings, who's got a tattoo of Joker's smile on his mm. on his hand. So when he celebrates, he puts it to his to his face, which is quite a a unique um, celebration. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I, I didn't know that's what the celebration was. Did you know, that, Aid? No, no. So yeah, that's good to know that actually. To be fair, he um yeah he, he does sound like a character in the dressing room from the interviews. And actually, I don't know, we did not covered it actually in the agenda, Ollie, but he did a post match interview where he was sort of a bit box office. He, he sounded really good the way he talked. And yeah, he's really yeah. Funny. I, I got a lot to say about. Cummings. And um, it's really funny because he finished the BBC Shropshire one. Um, and then like Lewis Cox go to ask him a question he's like oh and he's doing he's stretching his back and he's like yeah all doing all sorts and yeah he talks about um, how he's yeah settled in really well and he's um, look, he's hoping to get a flat in Shrewsbury this week okay. um, so it seems like he's settling well Seems like a proper character. Anyone that's got any property, contact the football club. You might get someone to rent it. I've got just a very off-tangential, as we're in the intro still, uh, just, just tattoo-related story from yesterday. Um, the away sports had their third game of the season, which I'll mention again in a minute, but um, there was a new player that played for us called Phil. and never met him before, Saturday. Um, really nice guy. But um, he had a tattoo of the author that had one of the stands named after him at um, Wimbledon's ground yesterday. And I can't remember the name of it. I think somebody green, who's yeah. a massive Wimbledon fan, he's a famous author, and he had a quote of this author on his arm and apparently the guy was sitting on the other side of the stand which I thought was quite a random state of affairs so there you go that's my my only tattoo story I actually have it's not my own tattoo but interesting nonetheless Ollie there you go that's my random Wimbledon thing but yeah I suppose really let's let's get on and have a look at that Wimbledon game Ollie Scott Vernon's cross was headed home by Adam Mangan an excellent way to mark his return to the club after a spell with Tranmere so um, final score AFC Wimbledon 1 Shrewsbury Town 1 and both score, goal scorers were um, from Shrewsbury unfortunately <laughs> um, for Ebanks Landel who scored an own goal um, I did actually think it was an own goal at the time I couldn't tell who um, but it didn't seem like yeah one of their players scored no. um, they scored in the first half we scored in the second half um, just over 4,000 um, fans into the very small um, Cherry Red Records Stadium. And there was over 400 town fans, so 429 town fans made the journey. Um, so far, before this game, um, Wimbledon had drawn two and um, had five defeats for the Wombles. Um, and um, quite, um, I think it's a bit of a chuckle, um, the white shirt has made its second appearance. Um <laughs> There was a few people who raised questions about the purple shirt, obviously clashing with blue and fairly similar to our own home mm. shirt. But yeah, so um, in terms of um, the day, so um, I'm assuming that AG took the train down as you normally did. I took the train down. Yeah. Um, actually, interesting chatting to a blues fan on the way down, which was quite fun um, on the train. And yeah. Um, you were sitting. You were sitting today, weren't? You? Sitting on Saturday, Aidan. Yeah, and I normally do well because the view is pretty atrocious, isn't it? And uh, it is absolutely atrocious. <laughs> I really struggled. I'm not six foot, um, and yeah, it's really hard to see. So yeah, I think you were quite smart. Apart from you'd have had the sun. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I was slightly burnt. 
<laughs> I think Vaughney said, I was at the Euston Tap, and he goes, you've got the sun a bit, haven't you? <laughs> and then when I got home, I thought, yeah, it's gone a little bit whiter today. So, uh, you, yeah. You had a better back, you had a better train back from London afterwards, I'm assuming, than than, uh, than I, anyone had from Ipswich. There was a lot, few people coming back very late from Ipswich, so I assume it was, was it pleasurable trip down and back, no no issues? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty go. good. We got the direct train down oh, from Salop. Um, coming home, we got uh, Virgin back to Wolverhampton. Nice. There was a few Blues fans on there yeah, uh, that were happy, West Brom fans, so we had some good natters. Good. No, yeah. it's, it is good. It makes the day a bit, a bit nicer if you get to sort of have a bit of a chat with people and good yeah. company and all that sort of thing. I, oh, I, yeah. I have to say, Ollie, I had, a, I had a cracking day on Saturday, to be fair, despite despite the result not quite going our way, because as I've mentioned a few times on the podcast, and we will cover it every week, just a bit of the result, but the away sport has had their first away game since they reformed after three years, um, and actually we got our, our first win as well, 2-1, with the uh, goals from sort of two of the new lads, Joe and Jason, who uh, will be really chuffed with that, but... Um, just because of the whole thing about having the away sports back and, and I'm managing the team this year, getting down, leaving at six, getting down there for sort of nine, nine half nine, get the glass changed, everyone got warmed up, game ten thirty till sort of twelve thirty. Then we went with the Wimbledon fans to a to a pub in um, to Rains Park, um, which is quite a nice part of London. To be fair, they took us in the Rains Park Tavern, had a drink with them, and then drove down to the ground, had another drink in the, the sports bar where I saw all the town fans were there out in the sun, um, and then they went in to watch the game. So you know. Results sometimes the football are sort of a bit more uh, a less effective to you of your enjoyment of the day when you've got something like that going. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic to have the race sports back, and um, we will cover the results Ollie, as we go on. Because as I say, I said the other week I am the manager. So yeah, sounds like we're on a nice trip down there, and we're all ready for a game, Ollie. Um, and the team news started coming out, and there was a lot of changes, wasn't there? Yeah, there was quite a few changes. Um, so um, Williams came um, in the back line. Um, O'Leary, Ebanks, Landol, and Pierre starting. Um, wing backs were exactly the same. Um, Goss sitting um, with um, Lauren um, playing again and mm. we saw Ollie Norburn back which is great and taking the arm um, bands that was good to see um, Lang um, started after signing at the end of the transfer window um, and Adoy started in his first um, his first start um, for Shrewsbury Town in the Football League so that was good so yeah quite a few surprises um, I did put a bit of a let's say aspirational team selection on the Friday just to have a bit of debate yeah. um, but I was pleased to see that Ollie Norburn was back um, and um, yeah, I was pleased to see that Lang started as well. So, yeah, interesting team lineup. I guess you guys were quite surprised as well. Yeah, I think I was. I, I think when I walked in the ground, it was like, oh, wow, you know, Norburn's back. I was quite mm. surprised to be on the bench. Yeah. Um, yeah, the change at uh, centre half was interesting, but uh, I guess is Beckles sort of fourth choice anyway. He started the season like that, didn't it? Um, but he's done well in those games in between, and I, th- and I think you know going away and playing international football, his confidence has been high. Obviously, um, we met him on the train back from Ipswich, as I mentioned on the podcast last week, and he was a really nice bloke. So um, it felt a little bit harsh to me on um, on Beckles, but I, I do understand Williams is a very good player, and he made my top three. To be fair, when we get to it, so um, it is a bit of a no brainer with Williams. He's a bit quicker, younger, and he can bring that ball out a bit better. So, um, back, Beckles is a brilliant backup to have as that four centre back, though, and I think you know it just shows the strength in that position. So, mm. felt a bit harsh, but I think looking at the way the defence played, it, it probably was the right decision. Ollie. I don't know if you feel any different. Um, yeah, I thought it was a bit surprised. I thought Beckles had kind of deserved. We had a question um, from Lee and Evans, so yeah, we wanted to make sure we covered this topic. Um, that yeah, Beckles. I don't think he'd really deserve to get dropped, no. No. Um, but I can understand why he started Williams because yeah, he would he is a better player um, than Beckles. Um, so yeah, he's tr- trying to get his best team on the pitch as soon as possible, which does make sense. The, the other two things about the team that stand out for me is would Norburn have started if Dave Edwards wasn't you know knocked or got a, got a you know what do they call it a niggle again? You know he's been playing regularly the last few weeks and he would have played that Norburn role probably and we might not have needed to rush Norburn back until maybe Tuesday night or something. So that maybe is probably forced Ricketts' hand in bringing Norburn back because um, he's going to play Walker there um, or McCormick the way they've started. And then and the other one was a Doe starting obviously yeah. his first start which was good. Um, with Wally being suspended so yeah change up front really it was interesting to see how those guys would start first half so yeah I mean you went to Accrington Aid and saw that the impact that Ado had didn't he when he came on and so I suppose you would look quite look forward to seeing him for a bit longer yeah I was but I think uh, it's interesting that probably this game probably showed he isn't ready for starting yet he's yeah. an impact player isn't he yeah um, so you know he tried, but I mean, the service he had, as Lang had, was poor, wasn't it? I think that's a bit harsh on Adoy. I thought he played quite well. Um, I thought his link-up play was quite good. Um, we'll come on to the details mm. of the game, but he did quite a few times. He did, um, yeah, basically do some link-up play, but I think you're definitely right to point out the lack of service they had. Um, our passing in the first half particularly was atrocious. Um, so, yeah, a bit harsh on the lad. Um, and, yeah, not enough, not enough service, really, for the strikers in the first half. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We're going to get into this into the first half now, aren't we? Really, I think that I think you, I think having talked to you before the podcast, Ollie, you might view it a little bit more positively than me. I was pretty miffed, and we'll get to that as we go on. But let's just go through the sort of key moments and, and have a chat about those as we go through. And in the agenda, Ollie, you've started this by describing it as a bit of a basketball half, which I suppose is quite fair. There was quite a lot of counter-attacking, really, I suppose. But um, and, and both teams did resort to long balls a little bit. But um, yeah, we, we started the. The chance from a corner, which was was well defended by Wimbledon, wasn't it? Um, and then down the other end, there was a defensive mix-up, and, and Williams headed backwards, which caught out Ebanks, and uh, Max was called off his line quite early on to to come out and block uh, the, this chance, really. So, yeah, you know, looking at it, there, there were a fair few chances during the first half, I suppose, and um, it, it was a fairly even game for for periods of it. But up until they scored, I suppose, I think things changed after that for me. But I don't know, Wally, what what other things stood out to you during that half? Yeah, I'd say um, I think yeah, overall. I'd probably agree with you there. I think they kind of dominated the first half a bit more than than we did. Mm-hmm. Whether um, yeah, our, our our passing was just really really poor. Um, we didn't pass the ball out from the back, and we were doing long balls forward, um, and it wasn't really seen to be. We were just kicking the channels, um, but no one seemed to be getting onto the channels. I don't know if that was a directive from the management team to kind of hit the space, but it really didn't work. Where they were doing long balls, but at least they were actually finding their men. Um, and then they were winning quite a lot of the second balls, um, which I thought was quite a an imp- definitely dominated the first half. Mm. I don't know about you, Aid, because around me in the in the terrace, a lot of people after sort of ten fifteen minutes were starting to say, "Stop kicking it long." Obviously, sitting down, maybe the crowd was a little bit <laughs> less vociferous. But was the vibe the same thing from you watching it? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was interesting. I don't know what you guys thought, but uh, I thought the town fans were pretty quiet. Mm, yeah. All game. Yep. And certainly where I was sitting in the stand, yeah, you could hear a pin drop. There, there wasn't really... I don't know what it was because it was the no, sun. No, there was a lot of singing where I was yeah. throughout the whole game. I, I don't know, Ollie. I wasn't far from you. And the drum. I, Did I, you hear the drum? Yeah, I heard the drum. Bit. But yeah. I, I tweeted out 25 minutes in, and it's on my Twitter account, there's zero atmosphere at this game. They were not yeah, making Yeah, I disagreed with you then as well. Do you? I, I couldn't be bothered to tweet I was back. literally oh, just up from you, and I didn't hear anything. It was, you know, yeah. I didn't hear chanting or, or anything particularly. So maybe it's just because of the, the nature of that stand, I suppose. Mm. But, um, yeah, and you can hear it on the, when you when I was watching it back, you could hear it on there. Yeah, um, but I think it's just a very, very small little stand. Um, you know, the, 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 and I just maybe just the sound doesn't carry at all, and maybe it just kind of just goes certainly, up and stays where it is. It certainly didn't. I didn't think the atmosphere was much good in the first half at all, especially as it wore on and it got a bit more, especially when 1 0 down as well. Obviously, it, it died off completely then for, for me from what I could hear. And I don't know, it was again around me a bit of agitation as the half wore on, Ollie, and, and maybe that's not the same vibe you had, that's fair enough, but we weren't standing that far apart, which is the weird thing. <laughs> What were you, Aid? You know. No, I was going to say. I mean, I didn't. I didn't feel sort of agitation um, mm. from where I was sat. Um, I think it was just we just seemed to be growing through the motions. I'm sure we'll, yeah, we'll talk about yeah. this, but no, I didn't think it was any criticism. But I just didn't, you know, like how we've been at Accrington and, and MK <laughs> yeah. and Ipswich. You know, it was a lot of a lot of noise, and I, mm. you know, again. Just, just where I was, where I was located, I didn't really get that. I agree, yeah. If, compared to Ipswich, even when we were worse, you know, and, and Accrington as well, definitely there was more atmosphere mm. on the open terrace in Accrington for me. So, yeah, yeah weird one that, Ollie. You know, we don't normally disagree on atmosphere because we're normally quite close together. So, and obviously you were further up towards the middle. I was probably halfway between the halfway line and the goal, so I wasn't that far down from it. So, I don't know. There we go. Bit of an odd one there. But mm-hmm. go on, what, what was the next sort of moment that, that saw kind of uh, define that first half, Ollie? Yeah, I thought there was some good running by Lang, but the ball didn't always kind of find him, um, which is a bit frustrating for him. Um, then I'd say the kind of the game was then started dominated by Wombles getting the ball into the box. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, at first their aim was quite poor, um, so they had quite a, didn't really find anyone. Um, but then they finally had their first chance where they had a shot just on the edge of the box, um, but was well saved by O'Leary. And then yeah, fortunately, um, yeah, their crosses the crosses got a bit better. Um, but there was wasn't too much threat um, or too much work for O'Leary to do. Uh, Piggott was the target, wasn't he? Aid for for um, Wimbledon. And I thought he did probably worry our three centre backs a little bit more than some of the strikers they've come across in some of the games this season because he, he was much more of a different challenge, real strong, tall, physical guy, wasn't he? Yeah, he worked them, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, wor- he worked all our centre halves, to be fair. But initially, you thought, oh well, you know, we've got them because of quality, as you said, Ollie. The the delivery was. Wasn't that great, was it? No. Um, but then, unfortunately, 
<laughs> we, yeah, we did have a few chances before they scored, didn't we, Ollie? I mean, none of them were, were massively good, but they did involve some nice little link-up plays and, and showing a little bit for some players, but it, you know, nothing that was a standout chance for us, was there? Yeah, it's just this really frustration kind of theme that we keep talking about where um, we had this really, really good link-up play um, with Norburn kind of does the midfielder, Kevin pass into Laurent, who then passes it to Doe, who then does a 1-2 um, with Laurent, who gets the ball back and does like a cross-back and... Quite a few times we do these cross backs um, and, you know, try and pass to find a man in the box. Um, and we get into dangerous areas, but obviously quite a few of these don't result in a shot and goal. So mm-hmm. good bit of link-up play, but yeah, frustrating in the sense that we didn't have a shot or goal. And it's worth I, I don't it's worth bringing this up now with Aid, really, because you've watched pretty much all the games this season, I'd imagine. And it does seem like that that's the tactic we're going for, isn't it? To try and get it wide, wing-backs or maybe one of the midfielders push out there, get a cross in and try and get someone to score from close range. But it hasn't been happening, has it? We are not scoring many goals. I mean... Take, take that away, maybe you've got a different view on it, but what do you think has been the problem of scoring so far for you? Not having a quality striker. Just simple as that? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Absolutely. Yeah, and so yeah. you think then maybe, well, we'll get to second half, you think maybe we might have solved that? I hope so. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, so. we'll come to that as that goes on. That's a fair point, isn't it, Ollie? I mean, we've tried to look at things in, ta- in, in detail, but we have mentioned, you know, that Morrison certainly hasn't been up to, to snuff as we've gone on so far this season. So, yeah, maybe we have solved that problem, Ollie. But, um, Talking of goals, we'll have to look at a goal down the other end and it was Wimbledon that went ahead, wasn't it? Yeah, so um, they had a shot from distance and a good save um, from the keeper and it went for a corner. Um, then the corner was whipped in um, and, yeah, unfortunately, uh, yeah, hit Ebanks and went into the back of the net. And <laughs> Did you guys think it was an own goal at the time? Obviously, Aid, you were quite close to this. It, it just seemed to be a bit of a scramble in, in the box. I don't mean a scramble like the normal type of scrambles that the ball was just hitting and there seemed to be bodies and it just seemed to go in. I didn't realise until I looked at my phone it was actually uh, an OG. Yeah, it, it goes to head it, doesn't he? It's not. It doesn't hit him. It sort of. He sort of stoops to head it, I think, and, and just gets it all wrong, really, doesn't he? But I, I thought it was an own goal at the time, and, and sort of tweeted that. But I thought it was a doe that scored. So my terrible eyesight once again came into play there. But um, yeah, I, I was, I was sure it was an own goal because uh, the guy when he ran off looked pretty sheepish. He was almost like yeah, I was thinking about the whole action, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. The way that the the ball hit the bunch of players and the way they celebrated and stuff didn't feel like it was a a natural. Um, but, a natural, a natural goal, and, and it was unfortunate because it was a corner, and, and they to me they looked quite dangerous from corners again, probably because of the influence that Piggott was having. Yeah, what well, an interesting. Would you think it was so much that they were good at set pieces, or was it just that we weren't? Because you mentioned heading in open play. I just felt we weren't quite on it from a defensive point of view I, in the game, which was surprising. I worry. I mean, it's probably I had this point to bring up earlier on, but it's probably sorry later on. It's probably worth mentioning now about set pieces in that we we were hoping Goss would come in and provide maybe another avenue for for goal scoring that we've not currently had this season. But we had eleven corners in that game, and they only had maybe six or seven, I think. And we had at least three free kicks on the edge of the area, and we created almost nothing out of all those chances, which is a bit of a shame because it feels like Goss's delivery is actually better. So I'm starting to wonder whether it is those three centre backs that you might be looking to do a waterfall. Whether they're not, they're just not quite as good at that game as maybe mm. Waterfall was. I don't know what you feel about that, Abe, but to get eleven corners and not create too much from them was a bit of a disappointment, wasn't it? Well, Ollie always says, doesn't he? Like you look at the statistics from corners, yep. and you know it, it shows, doesn't it? <laughs> I think maybe just our set play at the moment just isn't isn't on point. No, uh, and that's going to take a little bit of time, I think, to get right. But uh, that then is disappointing. The fact that then we've had two weeks. All right, we've lost two of our best players, but mm. two weeks without. Uh, you know, time to go on the on the training ground for, for whatever reason. Certainly, first off, nah, wasn't yeah. happening, was it? We, we definitely need to see a bit more from from corners and the free kicks, don't we? As the season goes on, with three big blokes who should be able to head the ball better than than, than sort of they have been, I suppose, from those set pieces. And, and obviously Morrison as well. When we were doing it before, when he was playing, you know, you expect him to be maybe getting his head on a few more. So there's there's definitely room to improve there, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. In terms of um, yeah, room to improve. Um, mm. Yeah, there was a, 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 a let's call it a two kind of scares as the half drew on so yeah I'd say I'm watching the game back um, again because it was quite hard to watch the game um, in certain parts of the game because um, you just couldn't see and um, we did have a few chances as kind of the first half went on but yeah the second half of the first half our chances completely dried up and then um, Wimbledon had a couple of good chances yeah. um, or perceived chances at the time um, which made you feel a little bit bit nervy um, one was um, where Goss did a tackle from behind <laughs> in which their manager thought was a penalty but watching it back he was offside and also you could tell just from the way that the players didn't really react too much and the, and the referee spoke to the linesman um, and that could have that could have been a goal 
Um, and it was a bit messy, I think, and quite poorly managed from the the line to the referee. But I think they got the right decision there in the end. I think so. I mean, the flag, you know, the flag didn't go up for offside, which was I think the thing that confused fans. He only put his flag up to give the goal kick. Um, so I think that's what probably confused things. As as, a, as you're saying, it wouldn't have been a goal because he was offside, but he didn't actually get flagged for offside. So had it rolled in, I, I suspect it might well have been given, but we'll, we'll never know where he was. Yeah, but, I don't know. Do they ever ride it because he's given a goal kick and where it was? He just thought, oh, leave it. I don't know. Very odd. Very. But odd. You're right. You yeah. should call. Yeah, you should should put the flag up and just say look offside and let's start from there. But I mean, that was a good chance. And then just after that as well, they they had another corner again where where Piggott caused some trouble and and Love was forced to clear off the line. I think when I talked about agitation, I, I'd be fair. It wasn't until you know they'd scored and then we had these couple of chances is where I think a few of the fans around me were getting a bit, a little bit miffed about losing to Wimbledon and then you get the they haven't won all season and typical town sort of thing and um, it was creeping towards half time and, but to be fair to Ricketts there's been a fair few games now we've had sort of these Jekyll and Hyde performances where we've had a really poor first half and, and a good second half or the opposite way around but you know think of the comebacks at Stoke or Accrington mm. you know he, he, he has the ability to kind of change things maybe it's giving him a rocket or whatever or just picking up on tactical things but he's, it's happened a few times now hasn't it Aidan it's, yeah. it's a positive for him yeah, he's able to change things. So you know, we keep going on about a plan B, don't we? I'm sure we will later. But yeah. uh, obviously, he's able to do something because, as you said, the results mm. show that, don't they? On occasions, anyway. It's that man motivation at halftime, maybe that we don't see Ollie. You know, you talk about sometimes we talk about how much we know about football and what's said in the dressing room, and you, you know, there, there's been a lot of times where he has been able to sort of stem a tide, I suppose. Yeah, and I think that's more. Um, tactical and changing styles and and and, and kind of having focuses mm. rather than necessarily being a bit of a baller. I think those days are gone. But yeah, it definitely was a uh, definitely not the best town first half. Um, I wouldn't say I quite agreed with your tweet this morning. <laughs> so, um, My hyperbole. So yeah, you said that. Um, <laughs> what did you say, Glenn? Well, I'll be honest. I mean, I was we were just talking in general on Twitter between a lot of fans, yeah. and I said I thought they battered us first half, and I, I think that maybe. Um, you know, I think that maybe that is a little bit too harsh, and I wouldn't sit him back now. But they could, I say, they could easily have been three 0 up, and then we talked about it. Pickett did cause us a lot of problems. Thought they were a more physical team, which sometimes in a battle against a team like Wimbledon, that, that probably gives them enough in, in games. I think probably the games they win this year will be the ones they battle the hardest in. And I just thought they were a yard sharper. And, and in all honesty, you know, we've not really talked about town, we talked about the chances, but thought we were just a little bit cumbersome and, and not quite at it first yeah. half, for whatever reason that was. You know, there was a few players there. Norburn was working his way back in. Laurent was okay in patches, but then drifted out of it. Um, Goss, Goss was okay. He was pretty standard throughout the whole thing, but front two drifted in and out of it. I'd, I don't know about you, Aid. I didn't think the first half was impressive, and and I didn't feel like it was unfair that we were behind. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, mm. sat there half time and, and sort of thinking about the game. I, I spoke to a couple of guys. Said, well, we're not we're not that great today, are we? No. But didn't then think that Wimbledon. I thought Wimbledon were about as poor as we were. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. that they looked like they could create more. They they look again. We we've seen in a couple of games with Town not closing people down. Doesn't seem to be that energy, does there? Whereas other teams seem to have that energy and that focus. Yeah. So I think what you're saying about being a yard sort of shy, I think's true. But I think I don't know whether we're tactically, you know, we're just sitting off people we're and trying to hit them on the yep. on the break. Yeah. That's how we seem to be playing. It, it, yeah, it is interesting, isn't it, Ollie? When we come to that, yeah. when we talk about Steve Morrison's interview later on, I suppose. But um, yeah, you know, are they are they going out and they doing exactly what they're told? And the, and the frustrating thing for me about how poor and slow it looked at times in the first half was that we saw a complete opposite uh, approach in the second half yeah. with the same players basically pretty much until we made some of the later substitutions and that that for me is one of the things that I come out of that game you know happy with the point as we'll cover at the end but just a bit frustrated with that that performance not being there in the first half and being there in the second half because had we played consistently well over 90 minutes we should easily have beaten Wimbledon and age right they were a pretty poor team in all honesty so yeah that's what I thought about it Ollie I don't, I don't know you, you you know you probably won't agree you think you thought I said it, them being that the bad us was unfair I think you're right it probably was overly harsh but I think me and Aid have set some set our stall or set some reasons and why fours as why yeah, frustrated about that first half, I suppose. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think you're a little bit, yeah, um, <laughs> a little bit zealous with that kind of comment. But I can understand why you made it. Um, you know, they did have more chances. You know, they could have, they could have um, been two 0 up yeah, at half time. Um, from our point of view, defensively was really poor. Um, I find it interesting that you know you're talking about they were quicker into the tackle. I think that was because they were so poor against MK Dons. Um, when they were played MK Dons, they were really off the pace. Yeah, right. Um, and I don't know whether actually just thinking it over as well that whether they're just used to their smaller ground and they find that a lot easier. 
Um, and maybe we've struggled maybe with the kind of the size of the pitch because it is a bit smaller there. Um, I'm not definitely that. our passing was poor. <laughs> no, but that makes a difference in terms of how you play if you're used to a larger pitch and different, you know, different shape, um, different areas and different distances between each other. Um, they seemed they looked a lot, lot better um, at home than they did against MK Dons, a completely different team. Well, it, it, to be fair, we, we should just mention the game was exactly the same as last year. Where Wimbledon were better in the first half, and then just were talk terrible in the second half because we got better. You, very odd, really. If you had the same squad, yeah. then I could I could understand why yeah, make very odd. No, I, I, it's not yeah, like, I agree. It's just an odd comparison, isn't it? That it's happened yeah. twice in a row to them. But yeah, go on. But yeah, I was just say yeah, I agree. Just the passing was poor. A passing just to no one. Um, lumping it forward there was quite a few times where Goss wanted it short and the defenders didn't even look up. And yeah, it was just a very, very frustrating um, half. And yeah, it was interesting when the players, so Shrewsbury Town players came out first, quite a bit before um, the Wimbledon players. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting, I was watching, because obviously um, for those who haven't been to Wimbledon, um, the, the dugouts are on the other side of the pitch. So the players come out, they have to, I know all the, the staff have to walk across the pitch. It was really interesting because they had a couple of the defenders and midfielders were chatting with Sam Ricketts. And you can clearly see Sam Ricketts point to the defenders and then point to the central midfielders. Um, and it sounds really, really daft, but they just passed the ball to midfielders in the second half, yep. and that had a, a huge impact on the on the performance of the game. I thought they definitely passed it more, didn't they? To be fair, it it was so obvious that there was a slight change of approach there, and um, you know when we talk about te- changing it tactically, that you could put that down to it. We didn't change the formation. But was that but... a change of tactics? Because this we don't know, do we? Were they following his tactics in the first half, or were they uh, just a little bit rusty? I'm not sure. It's really hard to to know, but to, to, to actually know definitively what it was. But yeah, certainly it wasn't working in the first half and no. second half. We started better. What, what, I suppose I'll start with asking you then, Ed. What, what did you make of what, what changed then? What, what got us back on the front foot? I don't know, really. It, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, you know, thinking back and thinking about the game. Some, as you say, guys, something happened at half time. We seemed to come into the game more. Now, whether that was Wimbledon not doing what they were doing first off, mm, or us doing. Because it's interesting what you say about passing it into midfield. I think we were trying to do that first off, it wasn't coming off. But we quite a few times the defenders would hoof it without looking. Yeah, but then you look at the goal, and that was a that you know I'm not saying that's a hoof ball, but it's a long ball, isn't it, to Giles yeah. into space. And Giles, maybe the other thing is is the wing backs not maybe being pushed back. Mm, yeah, possibly. Yeah, so we've got no option. We've got yeah. no out ball, so it's going into the midfield. But the midfield, as you said, they were trying to do little dinks into Lauren and Adu, but. Maybe in the second half it was a bit more expansive. Mm. It, it's, it is strange, as I mentioned about it happening twice. Wimbledon, you know, it, it was the same last year. They, you're probably right. They did take a little bit of step back, step back because they had something to defend. But you know, as a manager for for it's Wally Downs that manager, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He should have seen it. He should have tried to make a change or tell them to get back on the front foot because that's when they're having the most of their their joy. And they they really didn't threaten us all too much in the second half, Ollie, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. I was and similar to what Age was thinking. I was, you know, thinking, you know, you've got to think about the two teams, you know, mm, yeah. Town did start the second half better, but yeah, it wonders and they and I think that they sat quite deep as well, Wimbledon, which then gave us the space. Mm. They didn't give us the time and space to, um, to pass the ball. Um, but even and that kind of then meant that we didn't even look for the pass and yeah, we just seemed a little bit rusty and um yeah, we're not a cohesive team at the moment. Um yeah. And for me, that was quite a really good little example here. So early on in the half, um, Lawrence got the ball. He's got loads and loads of time. He's got loads and loads of time. Um, Lang makes a run. He passes the ball and he's offside. And for me, that was a quite a good example of how we're playing at the moment. And um, someone online um, was giving um, Lang abuse for you know for being a little bit lazy. But yeah. you know, a striker's going to make his run and. And quite a few times, Lauren delayed his pass, and it happened about another five minutes again mm. later. So I understand why maybe they've got that view about Lang, but I think the midfielders are just and our players are just hesitating too much and not paying the pass. I quite like Lang. I, I don't think I'd describe his performance as lazy because he ran pretty hard and chased. Yeah, he ran really. A, a I think he was talking about. He wasn't talking about lazy physically. He was talking about it in terms of mentally. But I still don't agree with it. I think the midfielders no. were just a bit slow with their passing. He was no. He's no offside. No more or less than Faye would have been in that game. I guarantee you. You know, he's 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 mentally lazy with offsides. If you want to describe it as that. But no, Lang's overall performance aid I thought was pretty solid. He he chased things down. I mean, we didn't really get to see him have a, have a, have a sort of a chance to see what he's good in terms of his striking. But. Um, Busy and, and kind of what we needed. Like I suppose I described him as like Wally, but he's an actual striker. Do you know what I mean? He just sort of chased things down, but he might be a bit more clinical than Wally. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, was it though that maybe it's the wrong partnership? Mm, possibly. Yeah. That that's where I thought when I, when I was sat there early on. I thought, oh, do they really go together? Yeah. 
I, I still think at some point Lang and Cummings are going to be... They're the two, aren't the they? Two. Yeah, they are. Um, but yeah, it, oh, again, we'll, we'll come on to sort of later things, won't we? Mm. But I think as a, you know, as a performance, are we maybe being a little bit overcritical? I think, you know, the chaps I was, I was with on Saturday... You know, and you know what I'm like. So, you know, if, if I see it bad, I call it bad. Don't yeah. know. But you know, like the guys I was with, we were talking. We actually thought it was a decent point in the end. Yeah, I think you know, that, I think that's a fair point, Aid. I'm being pretty critical about the first half, but I've almost got nothing to be critical about in the second half, mm. other than maybe finishing. Uh, you know, it was a complete Jekyll and Hyde performance, and you come out of it with like, well, fifty-fifty. We've got a point away from home. That's yeah. fine. But I think you've always got, a, and we always say this, Ollie. There's always a, a section of town fans where if you go to a team that are bottom of the league and haven't won there's an expectation we'll go and win there which is never that easy because every game is difficult but I think sometimes with some of the criticism I've seen online over the last 24 hours it's been a little bit aimed at we should be beating the likes of Wimbledon <laughs> which is you know nice to see Sheepstown fans being a bit more uh, <laughs> cocky yeah. than usual but yeah. I think the same thing will happen when we play Southend on Tuesday yeah. there's a 100% an expectation to win so I think looking at some of the reaction from this game on I think it's tempered a little bit by that Yeah and I think a resort on Tuesday would certainly help the team and the fans and give Ricketts um, that little bit of time that I think he deserves um, in terms of um, getting back to some of the game action, yeah, yeah. Um, we started to pass the ball out the back quite well, I thought, um, and we had a really good counter attack. Um, and it was interesting that that, um, that um, Wimbledon were doing a lot of fouls, a lot of tactical fouls um, at the moment, to kind of stop us um, getting forward and, and playing our game, which was quite frustrating. And there was even one point where we tried to take a quick free kick after one of their many fouls, and the referee stopped us. And yeah, really Love nice. went mad again. Love had quite a frustrating game, I think. Um, and yeah, it was just, I think this period of the game was one of the best, probably the the second best in terms of obviously when we scored and we were going for it at the end. But yeah, I thought we were quite good at this this part of the game in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, to be fair to the ref, we've got to give him some credit. He did ignore every single one of the 500 shouts for handball that Wimbledon fans went for. So <laughs> he did well on that one, to be fair. But um, none of them were handball either. I'm sure of that. But um, yeah, I think you're right. We, we did. I was impressed with the start of the second half. It had a much more intensity. Williams did well bringing the ball out and being that extra man in midfield sometimes, which meant that Norburn and um, Laurent could even get a little bit further forward. Say so Lang kept running hard, but it, yeah, you, you did feel like Aid said that that wasn't that partnership up front wasn't quite where we needed it to be to maybe score in that period. It wasn't quite linking up that nicely. But um, yeah, I thought Goss was good in that period as well. He really dictated mm. it during that period, and he is he has yeah. been a good signing, hasn't he, Aid? Yeah, I agree. I think. There's more to come. Yeah, from definitely. Him. Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. And I think Goss and um, Norburn seem really comfortable with each other. And the bit I liked, they were playing like little passes to each other. And when they got pressure, they passed it to the one. Um, I think, yeah, they're two um, above average League One mid-century midfielders, dare I say it. Um, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how those goes get used to each other. Um, and yeah, it was... And then um, we had a couple of decent long-range efforts. Yeah. And Goss had a couple of long-range strikes. And one that was tipped over for a corner. Um, and then there was a few bits of link-up plays, which was quite good. But yeah, it was you know it was fairly encouraging. But then I think it's fair to say after we got to about fifty-five minutes, something like that, um, the game kind of I don't know tempered out a little bit. Um, and it wasn't really until Cummings came on for me. Cummings came on for me that yeah the game started to, to improve and the pendulum swung in our favour. The second coming of Grant Holt, Jason Cummings. I'm telling you, <laughs> mark my words, Ollie, I'll, I'll stand by that. You'll get goals this season. And, uh, you know, we, we just talked about it before about you basically said about how we were missing a striker and, and we think we might have solved that problem. It's probably worth just talking about Cummings and we'll talk about his chance later on. But, you know, for me, his overall performance was that that sort of shouldered the responsibility as soon as he came on. And, um, you know, we, we'll talk about the different chances he had, but he did something with all of them. And, like Lang as well, he also chased down every lost cause. He worked really hard. Obviously, he hasn't had that pre-season and he'll get his fitness on, but, uh, man, I'm of all the players we've got in the squad now, Aid, I'm looking forward to seeing him the most. Yeah, because I think he's got a presence about him. Definitely. And the thing is, he wants to make things happen. Yes. I think that's the trouble with, with our previous strikers. You know, you know, we're not playing maybe to their strengths, but you don't see Morrison doing that no. little run, but he's not that type of player. No, 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 I agree. You know, uh, Fajiri's that type of player, yep. isn't he? Yep. But he hasn't got people to play with him to do it. Mm-hmm. Now you look and you think... Hang on a minute. So now we can score goals. And he was strong, yeah. Ollie, as well, wasn't he? That was the thing. You know, a couple of chances where it came to on his chest, he held it or knocked it off. He was just real tidy, wasn't he? And a brilliant cameo, frankly, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I, in terms of, I think the the Grant Holt comparison in the sense that I think he's just um, a more intelligent, I don't know, tidier, cleaner. Yeah. You know, he's just a good player. Um, and to me, that was a few things that re- I really encouraged. Is when there was taking a throw, and he was like, "No, play it to me quick." 
you know, let's get going. And he controlled the ball. Um, he was always, he always passed really quickly. He controlled the ball really quickly as well most of the times. Um, and I liked it. He dropped deep a couple of times and made some good runs. Um, and yeah, he looked really, really impressive. Um, interested in his interview, he's saying he's been running loads. Um, yeah, right. So he is, he is fit. Yes. Um, he did look it. As we know, you know, there's a little bit difference. And he said, you know, I need a few games to get match fit. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that bit of match fitness maybe meant he might have scored that second chance. Yeah, well, it was plenty to come. I say he cracked, cracked, over, cracked over a overhead volley at one point, which was just nice to he see. Did. Confidence seeping through his veins. He had but four to... shots on target. Yeah. Um, four, four shots. One of them blocked three on target um, in in, a, in this cameo, um, which is obviously something that we've been talking about on the podcast. Yeah. I mean... And town fans have been seeing all season. Um but yeah, nice goal though, absolutely superb goal, and Finish. yeah, we all obviously we absolutely enjoyed that. Yeah, so what was it? One one pass, two passes, goal. Yeah, wasn't so it? we it was actually more than that. So basically, we oh, got okay. the ball from defence, went to midfield. Midfield didn't have an option, so they passed it back to central defenders. E blanks turned into P- in Perlo, found Giles <laughs> on the left flank. He, he ran down, crossed it in, bouncing ball into the box. A difficult chance to take, and um, yeah, Cummings just just um, swept it into the back of the net like you know easy easy come easy do and yeah did a really <laughs> funny celebration on what he described as the the driest pitch in the UK and he fell over but yeah it was just right in front of you wasn't it Gwen? did a knee slide celebration his, his knee just got caught and he kind of went uh, you know fall, falling forwards I was thinking oh no he hasn't yeah. hasn't done his crucial ligament yeah. or something has he but um, he got up and then everyone came and celebrated right in front of us and again I got a really good video of it on the Blue and Amber Twitter account but a great moment you know it's always great to see your team score especially when they've been having that 10 minutes of pressure beforehand and really starting to get on top in the game and um, clinical, clinical, that was the thing, wasn't it? That was the best thing about that goal for me. Yeah, I mean, you could see it, couldn't you? Yep. The ball come across, but it was his movement. Mm. It was movement to, to split the centre-arse, to get them to move, and he was clear through, yep. and he's got to finish then, yep. hasn't he? And yep. that's what he did, so fair play. And it wasn't an easy finish, no, was it? Because no. he was bouncing up in front of him. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I was impressed with the whole the whole move and, and particularly the finish. And I, think, I think I've said enough about Cummins, about how much I like him. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, I'm looking forward to giving him man of the match every week, Ollie, hopefully. But um, yeah, that was it. And then it was just a case, really, wasn't it, of whether we could get the second, like we did last year. Um, at one point, I thought we might see Luke Waterfall running in from the side with his Grimsby kit on, ready to score <laughs> the winner, but he wasn't around this time. And um, we did have a few good chances didn't we one particular chance Ollie that we really should have, have done better with yeah I thought the goal kind of get lifted our spirits Massive. and started yep. dominate, dominating possession again um, particularly um, you know balls being switched um, there's a few nice times where like Love you know, the switch ball and then Love just passes it back to either Williams or central midfielder um, it's a really good distribution um, Norburn went off after 78 minutes I'm surprised he lasted that long, Ollie, because he was yeah. taking the en- the energy gels. He had at least two of them at one point, and then there was a moment, probably maybe five minutes before we went off, where Pierre was giving the sort of substitution signal to the bench, and they were like, "No, nah, he's fine, yeah. let him play." But he did, he needed the rest. He worked his ass off at times, and um, I I didn't think he was at his best because obviously he's coming back yet. But he, he did enough in the game for me. Yeah, I thought he was. He had a good. Would you say, um, um, Aid, you were quite impressed with his performance considering it's his first game of the season? Yeah, absolutely. I I thought he. Uh, it was great to have him back. He's the heartbeat of the team, isn't he? He was trying to make things happen. But I think, again, the, the some of the guys who are new to the squad, I don't think just get his little nuances, do they, right now? Mm. But that'll come. Yeah, and uh, I, I was just so chuffed to see him back. I thought, great, superb. Yeah, it's good, it's good to get him back so soon as well when he had that, you know, what could have been quite a nasty injury, Ollie. So, yeah, more to come from him as he gets fitter, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, talking about those chances that we had... So yes, um, Cummings had a second chance, a super three through ball this time from Pierre. So yeah, almost like our defenders have become our creative midfielders in this game. Um, <laughs> yeah, super through ball for him. I think if he'd a bit fitter, and he would have created more space yeah. for himself. Yeah. Um, but an amazing block for the defender. You've got to give him credit. Um, and then, as you described, he had the overhead kick, um, and that was his fourth attempt um, in 84 minutes, and he only came on on the 60, um, 67th minute. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's. He had a highest XG, didn't he, Ollie, in the game, which is a bit embarrassing yeah. for any other strikers, yeah. but um, he certainly did, did get more involved But in let's the game. take the positives. It gives us something to get excited yeah, about. And I am. It's always, you know, we talked about this all the time when we're wanting strikers, and, you know, you go to the game on Tuesday night and you'd be hoping, you know, you probably weren't expecting to start, but you're looking forward to seeing him coming on. Yes, definitely. And as, as I say, I think with Lang, that'll be the front two going forward. And mm. um, Yeah. Yeah, and that'll be it, really. In, in, terms of, in terms of us, we'll be sorted. Goals will be flowing. The defence will be tight and 
Here we go, championship all the way, Ollie. But um, uh, there we, we go. Few, yeah, we had a few more chances before we had the, obviously the the big big chance. Oh. Um, so yeah, there was a Morris pullback and Eblanks had a shot blocked. Yep. Um, Love then had a good chance which tipped over for a corner. Um, and then from that corner, um, Morrison had a header. Um, and it just goes to the goalkeeper in a bit of a tight space. Um, so yeah, again creating chances again, and just a completely different team to this, the team that we saw in the first half. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to Aidan now because he's behind the goal. And where you were sitting, you might well have had a very very good view of this. But suddenly town break, and Josh Lawrence got the ball. He's he's down the left hand side, takes a touch, and looks to curl it in. And it doesn't. Does <laughs> did it ever look in? <laughs> he, he saw you know like the Stoke <laughs> where you knew he was going to score and yes. you knew it. And I, I looked at him and thought, right, here we go, here we go. Here we go, <laughs> and then he fluffs it, oh, and man. you just—it was that far. You just go, come on, you know, and that was actually. And I'm just wondering again with a team that was a bit more cohesive, a bit more into their stride, maybe wasn't as ring rusty. I wonder. I, I, I agree you know? with you to a certain extent. For me, he's got to get his head up and have a look because if you miss a chance like that, and you've got Cummins and I think Morrison was on yeah. the end of the box, and someone else has got up as well. He yeah, had he had options. Yeah, he had options, and if you're going to take the ball, balls to have that shot and curl it in, and, and you take take the credit if you score, you've got to take a little bit of the knock for Doc just squaring that and winning the game for Shrewsbury Town. And for me, that the game was on the plate there, wasn't it? That was the glorious chance that we were waiting for in the end of that game, and um, unfortunately he missed it. And it's a bit harsh, Lauren, because overall mm-hmm. he had probably. For me, maybe he was my standout midfielder on a Saturday. I thought his energy, which we've talked about the last few weeks, Ollie, about how we'd missed it when he wasn't in the team. I'm glad he's back. He just gives us that energy that we miss sometimes. And um, yeah, unfortunate because you know it just just felt like the game was there to be won, didn't it? And, and what wasn't to be, Ollie? Yeah, it was a really nice, a really nice move. Really nice yeah. ball from Walker um, to Laurent on the left hand side. And then when he got into the box, if he'd just kind of like stopped and like you know allowed the defender to move on, he could have he could have been a and I it might sound a bit silly, but almost that, you know, Euro 96 goal where, you know, where you pass it to a player, then the midfield defender goes over. And then if we'd have passed to either Walker and Morrison, and then then they would have had, the defender would have to have gone to one of those two players. Yeah. And that would have left Cummings free because yeah. it was 4v2. Yeah. And yeah, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And obviously I watched it back in slow motion and all that kind of stuff. And I'll post some um, some screenshots of the, of the attack on the Twitter account. But yeah, I can understand why he had the shot, and even Sam Ricketts said said that, you know, in his post match. Gutted. But if he just passed, yeah. um, you know, or scored, I'm still waiting for the ball to hit the back of the net. It was I just don't understand how he didn't score. <laughs> and yeah, that would have been that would have made a a, a fantastic day if, if that had gone in. And so, and that was it, really. I mean, there wasn't anything too much more no. in the game there. And and for my my summary of it, if we're going to kind of wrap this up, was that yeah, I mean, Wimbledon had more chances in the game in terms of, of shots, but um, we actually had more on target. Which for me, I've complained about how many shots we've been on target was an improvement in this game, and it it particularly relied upon that improvement in the second half. So. That was impressive, but I thought overall the game was a draw. Um, probably was a fair result. Um, I don't know whether any of you agree disagree. But I'm going to throw it to Aid now because he's come with a phone with a, with some talking points on. I think that he might not have covered. But is there anything about that game that you you wanted to sort of get out there that's not been discussed? No, it was interesting. I met a, a friend from mine I used to work with at uh, Kerry at Henry Wells, and he was a Wimbledon fan. And okay. uh, we were just outside, and he come and saw me, and he said, "Oh, three definite had balls." Oh, really? Okay. Going, yeah, Hang on, what? Really? <laughs> I don't know. No, they weren't. It. But I said to him, "I thought, let's be honest about it. I thought two poor teams again. Mm. Um, I thought Wimbledon looked a bit nervy, a bit edgy. But you look at some of their results this season; they haven't been far away, no, have they?" And then you sort of look at us. I think, yeah, we're we're definitely this sort of you know in progress transition sort, again, know, project yeah. again. Um, but some real positives Good. Yeah. on on top of an overall performance where we seem to be stop-start. You'd rather it was that way round, wouldn't you, that we went behind first half, came back to claim something, because it, it takes you in a more positive mindset to the next game, whereas if we'd have scored early and then we'd gone backwards, maybe like Wimbledon did, you'd have probably looked at that game a little bit more negatively, Ollie. but yeah, I, I certainly didn't come out with other, other than a sort of, I was quite chuffed to be walking back to the car with a point in my pocket and looking forward to another game that we should be winning, should be having a good go at winning on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I think it's a point on the road's not too bad, but given the chance we had at the end of the game, my my overall sense was a sense of a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But these things happen in football, don't they? You can't always take <laughs> yeah. those chances. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah, so just have just a quick chat about and Wimbledon and then maybe just kind of, yeah, I get our views on where we think the team is at the moment. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, um, it's interesting. Wimbledon set up in the same kind of formation that we did. So yeah, a three-five-two. Um, I thought they were quite good at you know playing the balls to the strikers and winning the second ball and getting the boss um, crosses in the box. But I think if they want to if they want to survive this year, they need to get they get a bit better at kind of finding that man. Um, and I think you're right, Glenn, that they were definitely a bit hungry for the ball in the first half. Yeah. And if they if they if they do. You know, if you get those balls in the box and have that kind of discipline, pressing and tackling, and then yeah, there's no reason why they can't be safe. But yeah, like like everyone, you know, in this division, you've got to take your chances and you've got to work for the whole game. I suppose at the end of the day, they played the sort of three centre backs and we played the three centre backs, and that's one of the reasons why both teams got a lot of crosses in that didn't really lead to anything because you had a lot of defenders there clearing it out so it does nullify an attack doesn't it and that's why I suspect if we're matching up teams that have got three at the back like we do you're going to have a lot of games that are pretty low scoring to be honest with you and it'll be a case of one goal wins it which is what Ricketts always says so it's not really surprising that a League One game ended up like that because a lot of them do tend to be like that now Ollie so um, yeah interesting I suppose I mean we we just were talking about before we started recording where we all think town are because you know we're not quite at 10 games yet in terms of the league We're, we're almost getting there in terms of total games um but what you know we've, we've briefly mentioned bits of this but have you got sort of anything else to say on where exactly you think town are at the moment yeah we're work in progress aren't we yeah um i don't think we need to press the panic button that there's not a, an ascii feel to this but there's, no, there's not I agree. Paul, there's not a paul hurst feel to it either is no. <laughs> you know I, I was just like you know noticing some things down i say you know we're not clicking yeah our passing at times is atrocious we do sort of at times play this long ball, but it's it's not a long ball hoof. It's a long ball to to a, a wing back. Mm. But you know we do seem to be attacking better on the break. Yeah, I agree with the league one thing about it's a war of attrition. There's mm. been a lot of that this season so far. Injury and fitness is starting to concern me big time. Yeah, absolute big time. What's going on with that? Mm. That yeah. that's you know something's not quite right there and then that leads to pace I think we're a very slow team and whenever we try to play a slow traditional type of football we failed mm. so I'm, I'm not you know not too keen on that part not too yeah. keen on that one I think <laughs> a lack of closing down again and that comes back to pace and injury and fitness Sam Ricketts has always said he wants to control the game yep which again comes back to the war of attrition um, I think we are trying to build something though mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be really honest about that you know the the guys I was with on Saturday were saying about recruitment. Yep. You know, our recruitment, I think, has been really good. Yeah, yeah I think most um, So I think we have to give him time and patience. Yep. Um, which I think is a must. It's whether us as fans have got a little bit more patience now than what we had last year. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think we're seeing more. I think you you mentioned that right at that. that. We're seeing more at this team. It feels like there's more quality in there. You know, we're, we're not relying on Doug Lofts and Amandy Holloway and the yeah. shop to get us out of trouble. There's genuine quality in pretty much all positions. And, you know, it might not have clicked, as you said, but there's definitely an opportunity for it to click there. And we've mentioned this in the podcast the last few weeks how if it goes right, it could go right in a very good way. Oh, yeah. um, but we still can't judge that yet. And you're completely right to say that the time is needed. Um, but I can't see that it, unless we lost Southend and went on a five or six game unbeaten run, there's not going to be any pressure leading up to. Christmas this year I don't think so and that's a good position to be in because it will give Ricketts plenty of time to sort of um, build up things and I've been complaining about possession but I believe Saturday was the first time we had more of the ball than the opposition we had 51-49 so we're even getting a little bit more of the ball in games than Ollie so you know as much as I might have been negative about the first half I've definitely been positive about the, the second half and all those points Abe made are, are really good in that you've got your yin and yang at the moment and it's a case of which way is it going to go when it all comes together yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree that a few of those points, um, not all, um, yeah. but yeah, quite a few of them. And I knew you would talk about possession, Glenn. Um, oh, yeah? And um, do you know what possession Peterborough had in their 6-0 the thrashing of Rochdale? I don't know, no. But they scored six 36%. goals. I wouldn't, I, would, I wouldn't give a flying f*** how many possessions they had if they scored six goals. I wouldn't mention but no, but it at all. <laughs> But it's just fascinating, isn't it? It's, I think it's just a really, it's a fair, I think it's an interesting point to raise. So they won 6-0 and had 36% possession. And yeah, stats are interesting from, a, I think, from a, um, a trend point of view, but not from a one-off game. And yeah, obviously, if, if you only have 36% possession, but score six goals, you don't really care, do you? No, exactly. And I was trying to be positive then, Ollie. And st- I, said, <laughs> I said that we had the more of the ball for the, for the first time this season. So I thought it was a good thing, but you still shut me down. There you go. Yeah. Typical, isn't it? And, and while we're talking about positives, I, I suppose uh, it's, it's worth really reflecting what you think about things at the moment as well so what do you what do you think about where town are at the moment yeah it's, it's, it's an interesting one I was chatting to A just after the game and I shared this view with him and you know really trying to think long and hard about where this team is and what's wrong with it and you know I see people talking about tactics and signings and all this kind of things and I think it's just a little bit of confidence 
I think players just need to get a little bit more confidence in themselves, confidence and trust in one another. Um, and we just need, I think we just need a couple of wins. And I think, you know, more things we'll see more and more um, from this team. There's a lot of potential in the squad. Um, and yeah, it's just quite simple and maybe it sounds a little bit too simplistic, but I think we just need some confidence. Mm, I think that's fair enough. I mean, what the only other thing I was going to add to where we're at, at the moment, and I, I believe, and to be fair, it was something Mark Elliott flagged up during the game or maybe towards the end of it about how town can sometimes seem a little bit predictable in terms of how we're attacking. And I think really good analysis from Mark that when I think about it and sit and think about the games I've watched, but it's not about a lack of plan B. It's about how we're trying to score the same goal every time, get it down the wing, cross it. Isn't that maybe confidence again? Possibly. That the players are not... So, you know, I've mentioned a few times Laurent not passing the ball, you know, the defenders not wanting to pass the ball central fielders and just kind of play the easy ball into space. Um, and I think it's just... Yeah, it, it sounds... I don't know. Just if you maybe what maybe you just think about the game. It'd be interesting to think about it on Tuesday how we play. Yeah, we'll have to um, see. But yeah, if we just do things with a bit more confidence and a little bit more composure and have faith in our in our colleague in the you know the other players that they can they can receive the ball and, and get it maybe get it back. I think yeah. we'll get a bit better. Well, we'll leave it there. We'll see where we are. I say we'll do our, our ten league game review when we get there, which won't be too long, Ollie, and then and we'll see where we're at then because the strikers will have bedded in and we'll have a better idea of where we're headed. But yeah, I mean, we'll just cover the top threes. I'll start with mine, Ollie, because um, it's interesting. All three of us have got quite different players, but um, is that because no one stood out? Yeah, yeah, probably. You're right there. It is. Yeah. yeah, everyone had a sort of averagey to sort of some of them are slightly good, and no one was really totally poor either. That was no. the thing about it. So um, I went for Williams first. I just thought. Him coming back into the team gave us a little bit more surety again at the back, and I thought he was what we missed. All three of Beckles, Pierre, and um, Ebanks Landell don't really want to come out a little bit. They want to play that crossfield, you know, quarter pack ball. Williams is the one that will come out a little bit and will join the midfield, and, and that's going to be important for the way we play this season. So for me, he just thought he was exceptionally won all his headers and, and did very well. I gave Laurent um, second place because of his energy that I, I'm, I'm always happy to see, and um, he was probably the one that didn't miss pass misplace passes as much. I thought he was solid throughout the whole game. And I had to give Cummins the, the third place, even though he didn't play for very long, because his impact was exceptional. His goal was really good, and um, yeah, he, he was absolutely fantastic. But you've got maybe one of mine in yours, aid, haven't you? Yeah, so I, I give it to Norben because yeah. I thought, you know, a returning midfield after a long time injured, I thought he he really tried hard and he was yep. really trying to influence the game. But as we're all saying, I think it, you could have picked any, any yeah, point. Yeah, it's weird, it isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cummings again for the impact, although it was only for half an hour odd. Um, you know, Lauren and Goss, I think we're in with my shirts, but I give it O'Leary for the save yep. he made. Yeah, because uh, I thought that was an absolute fantastic save. And he's a great. He's going to be good. In we're, we're yeah. high on him on the podcast, but I'm sure you probably feel the same way. So he's he's um, he's going to be a, a good keeper this season, I think. But yeah, you, you've got um, another name in there that we've not mentioned. Ollie, go on. Yeah, so I went for Lauren first. I nearly kind of demoted him for missing that chance. Um, <laughs> yeah. He did have a really oh, good game. I did. <laughs> and this, I think his forward running and getting into space and willing to get in the box, I think is going to be important for us throughout the season. And then went for Goss second because I thought he was just yeah really calm and a good passing and yeah had a few decent efforts. And third went for Norburn because, you know, he'd come back from injury. Um, which isn't always easy, um, and I thought he put a good shift in. So yeah, as I said, we've said I think that's fair, isn't it? That there was a lot, a lot of candidates for it, but it's because no one stood out and no one was, no one was dog awful. So yeah, that, that's really the end of the, the Wimbledon game. We'll, we'll move on to South News and Ollie and uh, have a look at predictions for the next game. With Holt, Holt to be in, Holt in, and Holt has scored again. Holt again, five for Holt with five minutes to go. So Salop news. Um, so yeah, there's not really too much to talk about. Obviously, transfer windows closed. Um, no real injury things to really talk about apart from Edwards is unlikely to start on mm, Tuesday. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see the team selection. Um, but then yeah, there was a surprise um, um, interview was launched by Tifo Football. Um, for those who I know a few Trudy fans who definitely watch these videos, and basically Tifo Football are kind of football analysts, stroke journalists, um, and they do really really good tactical pieces. Um, so they do tactical pieces and also kind of looking at play analysis and they do these kind of like sensible transfers pods as well um i remember watching a really good video about how shuffle united play and a, a really really good video about how Bielsa plays as well so if you want to kind of get a bit more insight about how teams play they do these really good videos which is quite helpful to understand how teams play but yeah steve morrison joined them this week and it was quite a 
interesting um, interview, wasn't it, Glenn? It was, yeah. I mean, the thing that stood out to most people, I think, was uh, there was a quite an early on chat about players following tactical instructions and how fans don't really get that because and it, and it did feel a little bit like there was a reflection of some of the stuff that's gone on here maybe this season because clearly Morrison one of the things he's been getting maybe a bit of clog off me personally on the podcast and sometimes a lot of fans around me is that he's not seen very mobile and he hasn't closed down mm. but he, he was setting out the point that you know fans don't understand that sometimes players are being sent out there specifically not to close down and save their energy for a different type of tactic which is fair enough I mean you know as, as a football fan I do understand that they're going out there to do a job but you know there is the other side of it there's a fan you want to watch that game you, you see how it unfolds you want the passion and excitement and doing that sort of thing even if it is to the benefit of the football team can be frustrating and that's what leads to fans being negative particularly when we were watching a, a team where sometimes we were struggling to score goals which is the, the raison d'etre of being a fan you want to go there and see his team score goals and win games so it, it's interesting from to see it from the footballer's point of view I suppose rather than just our own point of view of sitting in a stand and, and watching our own team um, so yeah I, I don't know what did you make of that early early conversation there Dolly? Yeah I thought it was just interesting I think to take away one thing from that is basically to almost he was just trying to say you know the fans don't know what the tactics are and sometimes you know they do things that about tactics which then led on to a, a kind of a bit of discussion about how you know the, the days of just going out there and playing are gone um, every single game you go into when it described every football match as you know a bit of a game of chess yeah um, with each team kind of having their you know plan strategy what to do in the game and you know um, that I thought that was quite interesting to you know to point out that there. even for every single game you know, and the team will be working tomorrow um, on um, on Monday um, going into the game you know what's, what's Southend's weaknesses and how should they set up against them and it's interesting I mean Aid here and you came to one of Sam Ricketts' focus groups where he sort of he actually wanted to set out what he thinks his tactical plan and ways he can you know when you looked at that you can see how much work goes into preparing for each individual game That you know the work that was going into preparing for the season was to me seemed like it was a huge thing and it's, it's no surprise to see that there's that much goes into it is there no, there isn't, but I've, I've just sort of made some notes here. You know, is the influence of uh, Pep Guardiola <laughs> on, on all teams, are we all getting a little bit hung up? Football is a simple game, right? <laughs> four, four, no, four, I totally disagree with that. Totally well, OK, that. That, 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 that's, yeah, that's no, fair no, comment. Only, uh, but, but what I mean is, I think... It's not a simple game anymore. I think, I think you're right. I think any more, and I think that's the thing. But aren't we then killing the whole spirit of the game because the whole point of going to football matches is to go and watch your team or watch a match that entertains you oh, yeah, yeah, and, that, and yeah. this season I've really started to to sit there and struggle a little bit because it does seem to be this war of attrition mm. you know everybody has to do their homework about the opposite team we're almost getting back to the, the Gary Peters and I think there's some value in it but surely as a team you have a style of play you have a way of setting up you have a, a number of variations that's your way of playing yeah. and that's how you beat the opposition I, I don't know maybe we, we're just getting a little bit too hung up on but- you know, I kind of, kind of, you two are kind of polar opposites on this. I should imagine because Ollie, you you do look into the text and you, and you understand it in terms of the fact you do do your read and your research on it. I kind of fall in between. I, I totally understand why you've got to prepare for games and set up for it properly. Yeah. And if it happens to be a negative approach that seems very hard to watch at times then that does have an influence on the fans. And at the end of the day, a manager will stand and fall by that. You know, If it is too negative and it doesn't get results, you will become under pressure way quicker than you would if you maybe played a more expansive team that entertained every now and again and was getting the same results. But if every other team in League One is doing it and we don't, we'll, we'll, get, out for, we'll get out thought every time by teams. But, I, you know, Wimbledon are doing exactly the same preparation for that game we had on Saturday, Ollie, which is interesting because obviously they played last weekend. They had way less time to prepare for that game. We had ten days to prepare. But for I Wimbledon. don't think we spent. I'd, I'd hope we didn't spend ten games preparing on one match. I'm sure they did more. More. I'm, I'm sure they. I'm sure they prepared for Saturday. But you know, if you if you want to talk about the tactical analysis and preparing for games, we had a better chance of preparing for it. And at the end of the day, it, sometimes it can count for naught. Obviously, mm. obviously, it was on Saturday. So. I don't so know, back it, to yeah, back to the tactics thing. I I agree with Aid's kind of um, mood when you hear about the way the tactics have gone. And the first time I heard about how much prep, how much prep, and how much um, you know when you hear about um, you know when you hear about players going, they hate it when another player kind of puts their arms up when the they, you know when they didn't the pass didn't go the right way, where they know that that's a set piece and the player should have been there. And yeah. I, when I found out that the kind of the romanticism of the kind of the freedom and the kind of, you know, the number 10 and being creative and taken out of the game because it is now so structured, I felt the same way. Yeah. Um, 
But think about two of the best teams in the country at this at the moment, Man City and Liverpool. They are probably the most trained, coached, tactically drilled team in the country. Even the way that Liverpool, Liverpool do, the way that they tackle and whether they just choose to tackle a defender or not is pre-planned. So, yeah, I, I feel I, gr- I totally get your point, Aid, that the kind of the, the romanticism from the game is kind of ebbing away. But yeah, that's that's unfortunately where the game has gone. Because you know, it's it's also a little bit like cricket, isn't it? When, when you watch cricket, you want to see a batsman hit a load of sixes and fours. Now you know, Test match um, run rates have reduced now again, yeah, haven't they? Yeah. From what because the Australian team was the one that was really pushing it. I'm wondering if we're going the same with football. I wonder if it, it is, as you say, this game of chess, this war of attrition. Which, mm. to be fair, in English football, we're not used to, are we? Yeah, maybe. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's a right or wrong <laughs> this is, answer. This is all too but, deep for me. <laughs> but as long as, as long as as long as we win 46 games, win the league. Exactly. Who gives? And but, you still yeah. get and you still get a team like Norwich beating Man City, even yeah, if they're the best yeah. drill and team that, again, in the country. Is Again, Norwich working really hard and having a real clear game plan. But yes. yeah, interesting topic. But I guess there was another couple of things he mentioned. So one was about um, about Harren that um, kind of like almost like he thinks that the kind of mental capacity and the kind of the ability of the player to kind of cope in the game is what really separates players at different levels. And he thinks it's something that's not really worked on much. And then also another thing, and then I'll hand back to you guys in terms of, he says that, you know, the big negative impact to social media, and he says that too many players are glued to their phones. I found that fascinating, that bit, because obviously having someone with a, a Twitter account with a fair amount of followers on on, Blue, on the Blue and Amber account, um, obviously I always think about the impact social media can have. And he was saying that players are, are glued to their phones after the games. It's, he said that the, the sort of atmosphere of dressing rooms has gone a little bit. He said that the camaraderie is not there because the game finishes and everyone just gets on the phones to see what people are saying about them. And I was think, and he said that basically people only retweet or sort of re-Instagram, whatever the hell it is, positive things. But they read all the negatives. And, it, and I found that fascinating, Ollie, about how dressing room culture changed as a result of, fast, of, of, of social media, more maybe than the impact of it, in that it's actually changed the way football teams operate. And to me, that, again, might be to the detriment of football and the passion and the, the camaraderie that a team has. And then it becomes much more robotic for me, if that's what's happening in dressing rooms, which seems a shame. Yeah, I agree with that. I, know, I agree with that sentiment about you know being robotic. That's how, how it almost seems yeah, to me. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't know. I don't know how that sits with me. Again, we're maybe we're going through an era that this is the way it will be. Yeah. And then another team will come along and go, no, Change we're not going to do that. We're going to play to our style and, and progress. And then other teams will copy him. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's interesting when you think of managers that are that kind of tempo managers. So your Harry Redknapp, your Sam Allardyce, your Martin O'Neills, and I think that's why they maybe they struggle in the game now. But you never know; those those kind of managers might have their day again. Because yeah, you know things do go. You know, you think of Leicester when they won the league. It was you know it wasn't about whole, it wasn't about possession. It was about counter attacking, mm. and obviously Greece and Portugal as well, kind of breaking the trends at the times. You know, like in the way England are playing now, obviously they're playing the ball out from the back and, you know, we we have to take it that at some point a centre-half will hit a missed pass and the opposition, if they press us, will get the, the ball and score, i.e. Holland did, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. I, I'm just wondering, is is that this style of football? Is, is that what's going on? It's prevalent, isn't it? And a lot of teams are starting to take that on. I say, we talked about Sheffield when United last year getting promoted and Sam Ricketts had been telling us and telling the press that that was the model he wanted to follow. But that's highly coached, isn't it, Ollie? That's mm. highly drilled, um, specific roles. And maybe it's no different to what's gone on before, but it's, I don't know, it seemed more uh, focused from what he was saying to us. Yeah, but he also said to us that he wants the team to have freedom to do what they want and he trusts the players to, to be I haven't free, seen that, is, Ollie, no, in all honesty. I know, I haven't, we haven't seen it either. And for me, no, no. again, we're being, I'm being quite repetitive now, it goes back to that confidence thing. If you haven't Possibly. got the confidence, you're not playing with confidence, you're not going to try doing one-twos and you know balls around the back and you know try and you know be more creative and I think that's our problem and that's why we keep going to this boring or oh, just get the ball to to Giles then he can do something with it but I mean we're talking about Ricketts again here aren't we in the in the in the, in the realms of this I mean since he took over the the entertainment factor of football if you include the end of last season and the start of the season has been generally low across all those games you know yeah. we've had the occasional mad game where we've come back like Stoke and Accrington but those are the those are the sort of outliers there's not been many games like that they, they, they have a lot of the games under Ricketts have been attritional and, and fairly dull but for me, so to were the games under Hurst as well they were yeah. attritional but you can get away with it when you're winning that's, yeah. the, thing. You know, that's the thing it all comes down to winning and if you win and you win and you go so if we'd got that goal um, that say Lawrence scored that goal we would have come away and we'd be absolutely yeah, buzzing yeah totally I agree it's so, so it's winning, winning. Whoever wins is so contextual. 
And, you know, when we were that season, that poor her season, we won so many games, you left with such a nice feeling. And that's the overriding thing, is it's all about the journey, isn't it? Goals. But we scored goals under Hurst as much as it was and we want to see times, some goals. You know, it was, it was goals. And, and until he fixes that problem, we could start scoring a few more and more regularly. I mean, our goal record is terrible this season. The only team that scored less than us are Bolton. So, right. do you know what I mean? You know, it, it, let's, let's, let's not beat about in the bush when we're, we're trying to look at all the positives, which we have done. But, yeah. You know, there's only one team that have, have scored less, and they're the team that were playing kids. So that's got to change, hasn't it? Really, if we're talking about this structured, structured approaches, yeah. Hopefully, he wants to give them the freedom he talked about, and and that'll be the thing that unlocks it with the new players that come in. So there's a good chance that can happen, and it, and it might do. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. But um, yeah, I suppose that was it. Really, we moved off social media pretty quickly there, but we we can maybe revisit that down the line, Ollie. Um, because uh, yeah, we've 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 probably need to get onto predictions now, and uh, I'm going to start this off by Ollie by saying uh, myself and our guest last week both went for one one, so. Another three points for me in the prediction league. You went for us to win 2-0. Too positive as usual. Um, so, yeah, uh, we've got two games this week, haven't we? Southend, which I think we've covered as we've gone through this podcast. It's a game we should win and probably just leave you that one there. Hope, to yeah, they had a 3 yeah. draw with Fleetwood. Um, yeah. So they can certainly score goals, but they definitely concede. And Scored more they than us. Are, um, <laughs> well, they're below. Um, they're, be, they're 22nd in the league um, yeah. with one point. Um, so, yes, you'd hope that we could get something from this game. So there was two games this week. Um, obviously, there's Tuesday night and then also there's a, a game on Saturday. Yes, and the Saturday game away at Rotherham, which is never an easy place to go for us. And obviously, no. they've already smashed us 4-0 and scored two goals inside three minutes. So we we've, we were playing a slightly different team there. But um, for me, Saturday's a, a bloody tough game to us. We're probably one of the hardest away games we'll have. So... Uh, you know, as much as uh, I can see some positives, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the strikers knit together. It's probably a little bit too early in that process to think we'll go there and score too many. So, I'm going to go for us to lose three-one at Rotherham, um, but but beat Southend. What about you, Wade? I'm going to go for two-two. Don't ask me why. I think that <laughs> I just do. Um, I think again, it, it's going to be a, a it's going to be our toughest game. Yeah, it's um, hard for a while, you know. And I think Rotherham played so well. Yeah, I know it was a different squad. But they were good, though, weren't they, in that game, to be fair? They, they yeah. look they've got the movement. The manager's really clued up. They've stuck with him. They're backing him. You can you know, you know can start to see how they're going to go. And going. they had physicality in that game against us. I know they were playing against some of our sort of you know fringe players, but you know Carl Morris and, and the other guys they had up front, names escape me now, ex-town players, aren't they? But they had that physicality up front that will really push our, our, our centre-backs again, Ollie. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not overly positive about Saturday, but I don't know. you feel any? Feeling any different? No, I'm going for two one defeat. <laughs> um, I think we'll get a result against Southend. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's really funny, isn't it? About like you know fans and stuff. You know, I remember reading about and hearing that you know Norwich manager this time last year was under pressure um, after a really poor starts to the season. They were the fans were talking about sacking him. Wow. Um, and then obviously, then a few weeks ago, I saw that Rotherham fans are really fed up with their manager and they wanted to get rid of him. Um, and yeah, <laughs> and then they went and had a fantastic result this weekend. You can't account for all fans, can you? Because I was listening to Radio 5 Live yeah. on the way home last night and there was a Man City fan came on after they lost to Norwich saying that Pep Guardiola should get sacked. I know. So, I know. <laughs> we're obviously not quite as crazy as that. And, 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 and you know, we're not talking about Ricketts being under pressure, have we? I think we've kind of discussed that on this podcast. But yeah, yeah, you know, it doesn't. sometimes it takes little moments in a season for things to go one way or the other. And I think we're in that little phase now where over this next 10 games, that'll define quite how the fans go with Ricketts and where this season goes. And he's got all the building blocks in place. It's now up to him and the players to sort it out over these next 10 games games really so yeah it'd be worth watching it really so let's leave it there I suppose for this week Ollie because there's been a lot to cover there with the sort of you know more tactical analysis that we haven't done for a couple of weeks but um, thanks to Aid for joining us again I say we'll probably have you on next time uh, next year same time as <laughs> usual yeah. thing isn't it but yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we have been talking to Aid actually in the in the intervening period about potentially looking at our Christmas special and, and maybe doing something yeah. about a certain season you remember very fondly so you might hear Aid on this podcast again at Christmas but we won't say any more for the moment so yeah thanks for joining us Aid no problems good stuff and um, yeah I'll catch you and everyone else next week Ollie. Oh!